0: I wish that I could have this moment for life
1: I could have this moment for this is my moment, I just feel so alive Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do it when done, energize a city, right? Energize a town, energize...
2: Fans uh, is only going to make us better moving forward, and that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing, and it's really cool, really cool to be a part of, and and it was special, and like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I I told the team in April, I said expect to play playoff games
1: on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City.
2: You know, I think that was this this year obviously was huge for for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward, and, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're gonna be and, and what we're gonna do moving forward, and and that's the mindset, and, the,
0: and we won't settle for less than that, and this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us, so we'll
1: be back. This boy got a hit. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents. Jaguars Today with your host, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. All
2: right, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. Jaguars Today off and rolling one day deeper into the 2023 off season. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. What's going on? Not much. No? No. All right. Getting ready for the players a few weeks away? Yeah, a few weeks away from Gearing the players.
0: Gearing up? Uh, Quantumania. Got to figure out what my... My plan's going to be for that.
2: Saturday, about 6.30 for okay. me. Yeah. I got a show from 3 to 5.
0: I don't know when I'm going yet. So Yeah.
2: But whatever, something in that six thirty seven o'clock range. Mm-hmm. Not going to let it go too long. Yeah. Got to watch it <laughs> before the spoilers hit. E.T. Yeah. What's up with you? Oh, uh, you know, Friday Junior in this yeah. thing, Is know? it? Does it feel like Friday Junior? I feel like we need some more energy in here
1: man, today. Man, it's Friday Junior. this you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got my boys, Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith. And we gonna, oh, I was, wasn't
2: saying specifically from you, but I appreciate the <laughs> effort. All right, I'm just saying. I feel like me. I, I need yeah. to bring a little bit more energy for like Friday Junior. Like we get into junior. the offseason. But thank you, E.
0: Yeah, the weeks have a certain momentum during the season, right? Like, there is the reaction of whatever happened over the weekend, then you get through it, like, build back up to another game weekend, then you get the off season, and every day it kind of feels the same, you know? It's it's a different kind of uh, deal to it. There's no rhythm to it, right? It's just this big build to the opener free agency, and then a big build to the draft, and then... We all sit around and wait on training camp to begin. At that point,
2: yeah, well, that's all right. Yeah. You know, it's the way it is. Kind of the rhythm of the off season. No doubt. You know, at least we've got more to look forward to than uh, are they are those dirty people at Ten Ten XL trying to convince us they think the Jaguars can be competitive this year? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I we tried to convince you they weren't going to be that competitive last year, and they surprised us. So sure. uh, it definitely happens uh, today. I'm gonna talk a good bit about Jawan Taylor. Uh, I want to talk about his place in the Jaguars' plan this offseason. The Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, asking you this, and there are many reasons why you might choose no, but it's pretty much a yes or no deal here. If the two sides, meaning the Jaguars and Taylor's camp, can't agree on a long-term deal, would you want the Jaguars to use the franchise tag on Jawan Taylor? And the tag... Um, the, the non-exclusive version is 18.24 million bucks. You hear a phone ringing. Mm, I did. Yeah. Is that, who's that? I don't know. Not me. You, your phone ringing in there. E.T.'s phone's yeah. ringing in there. <laughs> I can hear way over here, man. Yeah. That's crazy. That is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, I did what, I'm sure nobody else heard it, but it was one of those things. I'm like, am I going nuts? No. Yeah. You know? I heard it too. Or am yeah. I, <laughs> what's that? I don't hear it. is your mic on? look at me. My mic was off, the <laughs> phone was ringing, but it's kind of like y'all heard it like background though, yeah, right, yeah. exactly it It wasn't coming through the mic, nobody needed to hear about it, but you know, I can't let a thought pass without. Verbalizing it, uh,
0: I understand the need to check if you hear something ringing. Going, is that me? Well,
2: I looked, right. and I'm like, like- I, I don't know who else's phone I could hear. It was like this, this little, I get it. little thing way in the background. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if the Jags and Juwan Taylor can't work out a deal, long term mm-hmm. deal, makes them both happy, keeps them here, you know, helps them absorb his cap situation and all that stuff. Would you tag Taylor with the franchise tag? For eighteen point two four four million, call it eighteen and a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. Right, that's about what it's going to cost. That's the non-exclusive version of it, by the way, which would enable another team to sign him to a contract at the expense of two first-round picks. That's never going to happen, no. right? So there, there's no sense going any higher there. Now you could put the transition tag on Jawan Taylor. It's a couple million dollars less and what that does it enables you to match anybody's offer that he agrees to you get 1 week to match it mm-hmm. so if he goes out there and finds a contract where somebody pays him i don't know you know maybe it averages out to 15 million dollars a year something like that and you can decide then well we're willing to pay him 16 for 1 year would we take this on a long term deal but if in that scenario if you don't match it he walks out the door and you don't get any compensation. Yep. I think if you apply the franchise or the transition tag and you don't match it, that player doesn't bring you a compensatory pick either. Is I that correct? I believe
0: that's correct. Right. Yeah. Like,
2: like, regardless, the Jags actually could, if John Taylor walked, maybe get, you know, depending on the contract he got, he could bring a third round pick maybe. next year because they're probably not going to be big players in the free agent market, and that is one consideration for them Uh, today, several replies already indicate, no, I'd rather use the uh, franchise tag on Evan Ingram. And you can factor that in if you want. You can also say, hey, you know, I'm going to assume we get something done with Evan Ingram. Or you could say that Juwan Taylor is a bigger priority for this football team. That offensive tackle is a bigger priority than tight end. Maybe you don't feel that way. Uh, because of the presence of Walker Little on this roster.
0: Maybe. I mean, Walker Little, now we're talking about going into year three, obviously didn't play much his first couple of years, but it was interesting at the end of the year and in the playoff game talking to Jeff Loggaman specifically about Walker Little, and he said, yeah, he got better every week that he played, right? like, And it's just he hasn't been on the field much in two years, so it's hard to have a real – solid evaluation of what Walker Little would look like as a starting right tackle for you, and I understand that aspect of it. But when you're talking about $18.2 million, which, by the way, if that's the direction they go, that would make Jawan Taylor the second highest paid right tackle in the National Football League this year.
2: All right, so who is making the crazy money then at tackle – Oh, the second highest right tackle. Right tackle. I got gotcha. you. Right, right tackle. Not Ryan Ramczyk at nineteen
0: point two. Lane Johnson is the second highest paid right tackle right now at eighteen million a year.
2: Right, and we understand in free agency—you got to overpay for guys, no doubt, including your own guys, no doubt. Sometimes, right? I mean, you hear about the hometown discount. Not everybody's looking to give out the hometown discount, uh, particularly a guy who's looking to break the bank for the first time in his career. Jawan Taylor played on a second-round rookie contract and. You know, he he played it out, and this is where he finds himself right now. And good for him. I, I I never give teams a hard time when they use the franchise tag. If a player puts himself in a position where it's maybe uncomfortable yeah. to retain him through that, go make the most money yeah. you can on the open market. Maybe it comes from Jacksonville.
0: Played well enough in his final year that he's making the decision tough for the Jags to make. Right? Like it's it's not easy to figure out exactly what the right thing to do with Juwan Taylor is going to be ultimately. So, good for him for putting that pressure on the franchise.
2: That's his job. Uh, one thing we will do, uh, let's look at the market. Like, granted, you would think the in-house replacement is Walker Little. But if it was that easy, Tony, I don't know if we hear all this discussion about how the Jags are prioritizing bringing Jawan Taylor back. We all felt when Walker Little got drafted that he was a replacement plan for somebody, likely Cam Robinson. Mm-hmm. And – that has changed. He came in, played well down the stretch, but again, that was at left tackle, not at right tackle. So we'll look at some of the available uh, replacements out there potentially on the market. If they wanted to bring in uh, a starter or just some quality depth at the position, what does the market look like? Uh, a couple fresh mock drafts out there, uh, but uh, one uh, that we will get into uh, from a draft perspective is our first visit with Tony Pauline today from Pro Football Network who, by the way, just throwing it out there. I feel like I've now become the Bijan John Robinson guy, <laughs> but, but Pro Football Network-y, amongst their many draft pundits there, you know, their consensus rankings, like if you took their rankings, maybe they've got Bryce Young number one on seven out of 10 boards. I don't know, right? Maybe it's Jalen Carter, maybe it's whoever. Anyway, their consensus uh, Pro Football Network rankings have... Bijan Robinson as the number four player in the entire draft. So that's what I'm talking about. Some teams are probably going to agree with that. Right. And if your team is one of them who says this is the fifth, sixth, seventh best player in the draft, and you're sitting there at 24, yeah. Could it be considered a luxury? Absolutely. but uh, So we'll we'll touch on him a little bit. Just how good of a prospect is Bijan Robinson compared to some of the running backs we've seen in recent years. But we'll also just begin to lay the baseline with Tony Pauline about what the Jags might do and what player uh, values are there for the positions that they're going to covet heading into this draft, such as always pass rush, cornerback. Uh, maybe some pressure from the interior of the defensive line and more. Tony Smith is here. ET's here. I'm Mike Dempsey. You can get on the show today by picking up the phone and calling 641-1010 or texting us at that same number, the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on Twitter today. That's where you'll find the Twitter poll on Juwan Taylor. Yes or no on the franchise tag at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL, Fat Tony, and at ime two. The T. Come on, somebody. Let's talk about this offensive line here moving forward. And uh, Tony Pauline uh, about 26 minutes away from joining us from Pro Football Network. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. There may have been a little bit of comfort in believing that you were going to get outpriced on Jawan Taylor. And now you kind of get lured back into, well, am I really... Outpriced, And there's this reality of then you have a very good player, Walker Little, who again for the third year will be sitting. I, I can't re-sign Jawan Taylor, man. I got to spend that money. If I'm going to spend that money on a free agent, it's going to come from a guy who can get to the quarterback. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. That's Jeff Froster this morning on The Drill talking about Jawan Taylor, who is uh, our main subject of conversation today. That plus the NFL draft through the eyes of Tony Pauline coming up in about 20 minutes, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. here with you. Uh, would you or would you not want the Jaguars to use the franchise tag on Taylor if they can't work out a long-term deal? You may not want them to work out a long-term deal. Like Jeff is saying, do I want to tie up whatever it will take, fifteen million $15 million a year annually in a right tackle when I've drafted a guy in the second round? In a perfect world, Tony, the guy you drafted in the second round would have ascended to a surefire starter by 2022,
0: mm-hmm.
2: just because you took – look, Caleb on was taken in the first round. He's long been buried on the Jaguars' depth chart. Doesn't matter. Once you sink the pick in him, you can't say, well, we're going to play him because he's a second-round pick. Um, it, it'd be a disappointment if they feel like they didn't get second-round value out of that pick, but just because Walker Little went in the second round, that's not reason for me uh, to not leave him on the bench if he's not good enough to do the job he wasn't better than Taylor last year but then you got to factor in is Walker Little getting paid a rookie contract salary as a second round pick on a you know a cost per snap basis how much more effective is he going to be than Juwan Taylor that may not matter if that one snap where he's not effective gets your quarterback killed but You know, in the end, you can't have everything you want when you're building a roster.
0: No, Uh, you got to figure some things out and make some hard decisions at some point. And look, I understand the importance of the right tackle, right? Like, I'm not saying that that position is unimportant to the football team, especially trying to protect the franchise, uh, snap to snap and play to play. I think we've seen two years of Trevor Lawrence here. Trevor Lawrence does a really good job of protecting himself. Right, like, And the offense that they called last year, the ball is getting out quickly. I'm not saying that Jawan Taylor didn't do a good job last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars at right tackle. I don't. Me personally, I don't think there would be some massive drop-off if Walker Little was the right tackle next year. I really don't. I'm not saying that I don't think Jawan Taylor may be a little bit better at this point in his career Mm -hmm. than Walker Little, given that he's played every snap for the last four years, right, and has all that experience. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be a little bit better than Walker Little, but I don't think at the end of year three for Walker Little, if he's given the reins to be the right tackle for the whole year, you'd be looking back saying, what did we do letting Jawan Taylor walk? I, I personally really don't. I think Walker Little... Is every bit as good as Jawan Taylor if given the opportunity
2: to play. Well and and, and Taylor won the job last year fair and sure. square. No, right. I think Taylor's probably better suited for it, right? Mm-hmm. But is he better suited for it at, you know, nine times the money or whatever? You know, I'm just guessing, and maybe higher than that in yeah. terms of what he'd make uh compared to what Walker Little is making right there. The the big thing that he has going for him is that pass blocking. Grade. like we look at pro football focus grading him as one of the best pass blockers in the National Football League um, among tackles. He was 14th among tackles on what they call true pass sets, um, and he was top 10 in pressure rate allowed. But as you said, Trevor Lawrence gets rid of it really fast, like two and a half seconds. So is any tackle going to improve pass protection-wise simply by playing with a quarterback? like that. That may be the case. To some right? degree, you would think, yeah. And, and his run blocking was considered bad, uh, compared, again, compared to his peer groups. Juwan Taylor put me through a wall. I'm not saying Juwan Taylor can't move anybody, um, but traditionally, yeah, right tackle has been more of a run blocking position. That's traditionally, though. This is not... The traditional NFL offense this is an offense where if we want to run it twelve times to Travis Etienne and have Trevor throw it forty-five times, we're just fine doing that.
0: Yeah, and just to give the information, to everybody out there, Walker Little is one point three five million this year, one point six nine million next year. Okay, so you know,
2: three million bucks for the next
0: two years yeah. combined. Compared, you got to figure it out. There's no fifth-year option, or anything like that, because he's a second-round right, pick. But but, but.
2: Jawan Taylor, roughly, I mean, the, the spot track. Uh, is Spot Tracker over the cap? I uh, I had up. Uh, they do the projected yeah. market value for the players, uh, and they had Juwan Taylor getting a four-year, fifty-six million dollar deal, which is fourteen million dollars on average, right? So, you know, that's twenty-eight. Call it thirty for two years. That's ten times what Walker Little is going to make. Is he? He's certainly not ten times the player. No. Of Walker Little. Again, it doesn't matter if he's you know. Walker Little only lets through three more pressures out of 100 pass rush snaps or whatever. If one of those three pressures gets your guy killed, Mm -hmm. then what's the value of that, right? It's hard to say. Then again, on the handful of pressures that Juwan Taylor allowed, any one of those could get your quarterback killed. No doubt. It's not like he's a perfect player that's never allowed anybody to touch Trevor Lawrence. But uh, look, they clearly want him back. Every reporter you know, who's down there every single day indicates that he is a priority and maybe the priority for them. I don't know if he'd be my priority based on the way things are set up right now. Now, you know, we talk about Evan Ingram in this mix as well. And, you know, you could get him back for the franchise tag number of 11 million bucks. He played for nine last year, seemed like he earned every penny of it. Mm 11 is not a huge jump. Maybe you can get a deal worked out with him. But, you know, Hayes Carline brought up some names yesterday. There are some free agent tight ends that could at least be interesting, could be an upgrade of what you've had in most years that wouldn't be Evan Ingram necessarily that maybe you could get a little less expensively, like Hayden Hurst, now also an older player uh, than Evan Ingram uh, significantly. But, you know, not everybody is going to be 25, 26 years old on a four- or five-year deal, and we're all growing together. It'd be great if you could.
0: Right, yeah.
2: But the economics tell you that – uh It's probably unrealistic to think that. But Mike Kosicki is out there. Uh, Dalton Schultz is out there. And again, Dalton Schultz may want a ton. He may want way more than Evan Ingram. And he may get it. I don't know. Not sure he's a better player than Evan Ingram. He's put up some big stats. There's no question about it. Um You know, you can't have everything is the bottom line. And when you go into this whole process, knowing that if Calvin Ridley gets reinstated, you had his 11, whatever million dollars to the salary cap. And he did apply officially yesterday, according to multiple reports, you're 32 million roughly over the cap to begin with, before you even consider adding this money to your bottom line, you've got to either readjust a lot of contracts, let some guys go and clear up the space, which is another thing. So Yeah. Can you get to under the cap? Absolutely. Can Mm -hmm. you get to under the cap where you give Evan Ingram a deal in the eight figures annually and you give Juwan Taylor $18 million for this year? Don't know, because that's the thing with the franchise tag. That whole value is going to hit your number. Whereas if you did sign a four-year $56 million contract, if you wanted to structure it where less money hit this year, you could do it. Yeah, could also struck. You have the flexibility, like, hey, let's front load it a little bit while Trevor Lawrence is on a rookie deal. But you got to create the space to do that as well. So go ahead and vote in the poll if you haven't already. Uh, We'd appreciate the feedback or let us know what you think about that situation. Six four one ten ten. If you want to get on board, let's head out to Gainesville to start things off this morning. Our man Byron is checking in. What's up, Byron? Good morning.
3: Good morning, guys. Thank you for taking my call. I, I got to do it, guys.
2: Duval, Duval, Hello, you're about the only one right now. I'm going to do this for I in know, the middle I of know. February, but
3: <laughs> I know it's. A, I, I, I just come down off of that high from the, the whole season. So, but yeah, but real quick, guys. You know, we uh, as fans, I didn't do it. Uh, I think his name was Trent Bulky. I hope I didn't mispronounce that. But you know, we often criticize him. and I don't want to get into you know the salary things. I'm not that intelligent, but the draft. I'm, I'm just wondering you know, what will we do? So if you guys would put on your hat and be Trent this morning and tell me who do y'all think will be, you know, you would pick for the 24th or whatever our draft choice is. And why would you go defense or offense? And what do you think is more important? And guys always love the show. Can't wait the next year and bring that enthusiasm back to the show and fun. Have a great one. Go Duval! Duval!
2: All right, E.T.'s got you covered there. Thank you, Byron. Appreciate you, E.T. Um, Look, I, I hate the This is such an—it's an impossible question to answer yeah. right now. You sit here and go, well, should they go offense or defense? Well, they're both important, right? I mean, look, I want to have all the pieces around Trevor Lawrence that he needs to succeed. But you could conceivably come out of free agency if you do resign. Let's say you resign Juwan Taylor and Evan Ingram; they're both back. Even mm-hmm. even if you don't with Taylor, right? Maybe offensive lineman is on the board at that point. Maybe it's not with Walker Little. You're going to need a third tackle that you can feel good about playing that doesn't mean you have to pay him, you know, 15 million bucks or what or spend a first round pick on him. So if if you had to make me guess, Tony, I think they're probably going to end up picking something on the defensive side because there are more holes there yeah. and there's a better chance that the players who will be the value on the board when it comes to your pick are going to be highly ranked defensive players, be they cornerbacks, maybe an edge rusher, maybe a defensive tackle. I, I don't know. Um, so if I'm Trent Bulky, I'm I'm certainly not going. I'm going to this draft and I'm taking offense, or I'm going to this, You got to see how the board falls. You're sitting at twenty four. You can't just go like we have in recent years. Oh, the Jags have the fifth pick or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. okay, these four will be off the board, or, or at, at worst. All we have to do for that first rounder is figure out five guys we love. you got to figure out 24 guys you like very strongly. Uh, You may not love 24 of them uh, in the first round, but uh, I think without knowing what they do with these other pieces, it's really hard to to know. Like if they don't re-sign Evan Ingram and they don't sign a proven tight end in free agency, Mm -hmm. or even if they do, let's say it's an Austin Hooper level guy. He's a little bit older, right? Doesn't super excite you? Could they go? Or a Luke Musgrave or a Michael Mayer or one of these tight ends of being or Dalton Kincaid, they sure, could.
0: Sure. Like the base question of is offense or defense more important? Offense is more important. I think the offense for the Jaguars is in a much better position right now at key positions than the defense is, right? Like they've invested a lot in resources to get after the passer and they don't get after the passer. Right, They're just not a very effective pass rushing team, so I think figuring out something on that end, and maybe that gets helped by having better coverage on the back end, which would be the argument for going corner in the first round mm-hmm. of this year's draft, but if I was going to guess whether it's going to be offense or defense at number 24 uh, for this team, my guess would be defense.
2: Right. offense. Th- we're in an offensive era. If you didn't notice, it was 38-35 to 35 in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and yes, granted, Kenzie scored a defensive touchdown, but... You know, it's, it wasn't like they made some spectacular play. Jalen Hurts dropped the ball and, you know, you, you pick it up and you run with it if you're Nick Bolton, and that's what he did. Uh, but clearly, we're living in the offensive era. So, offense is more important, but they're much further along yep. with their offensive build. They're adding they're, – they're basically taking Marvin Jones Jr. and saying, we think we're upgrading with Calvin Ridley here. And everything else – you know, if Evan Ingram comes back, they're going to feel the, that certainly early on, we don't need to address tight end. We talked about the idea of drafting a Jackson Smith and Jigba. it's possible. It's also possible that the top three or four wide receivers are off the board and sure. the value just doesn't jump out at you there. And then maybe you look to add some speed at wide receiver a little later on down the line. So, yes, I agree. Offense is more important as a general rule in the NFL. And I also agree this team is more likely, as it stands at the moment, for what we can reasonably project that they'd go defense in round one. Um, All all it takes is the right guy sitting there to change your whole approach, though. You're in love with Quentin Johnston, and for some reason he's sitting there at 24. Yeah. You know, and, and you got him evaluated as the 11th best player. And you pull the trigger. No doubt. Shouldn't shock anybody, nor should it disappoint anybody, really, uh, quite frankly. All right. Uh, We'll really open up the seal on the draft talk. Coming up next, Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network, going to join the program and uh, start to set the baseline for just how good of a class this is in some areas where the Jags are going to be looking for help coming up in April. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: Jags, all NFL, Jaguars today on 1010XL.
2: All right, we welcome back. It's been a little while since last offseason. Tony Pauline, a pro football network, joining Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith here on 1010XL radio in Jacksonville to talk what else but the NFL draft coming up in April, the first of what we hope are many visits with Tony, uh, who we welcome in this morning. Tony, good morning. How are you, buddy?
3: been a long time, as Robert Plant used to sing. Nice to be back with you guys.
2: Long, lonely, 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 lonely time. Well, oh, it wasn't
3: lonely for the Jaguars or their no. fans. Congratulations
2: on a great season. Well, thank you. That's that's enabled us to put off talking to you for a while. <laughs> not that we don't enjoy it, but a man. The alternative was pretty nice, too. So, uh, we're in uncharted territory for, you know, the, we're, we're not used to having our first pick fall in the 20s, uh, as oftentimes we've had a second pick in the 20s in recent years. Tony, uh, just give us a, an overall, and I know we'll, we'll get into specifics about positions, but how good of an overall draft class is 2023 compared to recent years?
3: Um, I think it's slightly down, but I think it works out well for the, uh, for the Jaguars for a couple of reasons. I think the positions where they have the most need, you know, start to strengthen up. Or at least will be strong in the 20s. I mean, it's it's not a good year to, to if you need a quarterback, despite all the mock drafts that have all these guys going to the top 10. It's a good running back class, good excellent excellent cornerback class, decent tight end class, not a good offensive tackle class. Um, overall, I'd say I, I, it's just a tick worse than last year.
0: Yeah, a lot of projections that the Jags could be seriously looking at corner and as you mentioned that's a position of strength maybe in this draft how do you differentiate between all the corners the five six even seven names at times that we've heard that could be available to the Jags there at number 24
3: well I think when you look at the top there's a mismatch of players you get a guy like Devin Weatherspoon of Illinois who is a very polished corner He's got outstanding ball skills, but he's not the fastest guy in the world. You're going to have to keep an eye on his 40 time at the combine. You've got a guy like Joey Porter, who's big, physical, fast. He's got solid ball skills, but he doesn't always play under control. You've got a guy like D.J. Turner from Michigan, who's got great ball skills, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. So, you know, they all have they all have a, a good amount of upside. I think Devin Weatherspoon is probably the most NFL-ready but he may not be the fastest, which which will knock him down some boards.
2: So, Tony, when you get a, a class that you're strong at a certain position, um, is it better to say, oh, wow, we're getting a lot of first-round caliber players here, therefore we're going to get good value at 24, or just as a general rule, well, it's a pretty good position this year, it's going to be deeper, we'd be better off maybe getting a position early that's a little more scarce. Is Is corner going to – are you going to get – good players in the second third round like how deep is this corner class
3: yeah i i think it's a good question i think there's a big drop off between the cornerback that you could get at 24 and say the cornerback that you could get late in round two right. i i mean you got to go best player available
1: and,
3: and fill a need at the same time so uh, i i would not be in favor of you know let's say a, a cam smith of south carolina staring the the uh, jaguars in the face and they say well listen Let's take the defensive tackle here because we need a defensive tackle. We'll get a a corner around two. Sometimes it works out, but then there are times, you know, two or three years down the road, you're looking in the rearview mirror saying, why didn't we take that guy at 24? Why did we pass him up? Right. How do you
0: feel about this draft class in terms of players that will play? You mentioned defensive tackle there on the interior of the defensive line and help whatever team drafts them getting after the passer.
3: Uh, How do I feel about the defensive tackles? Yeah. I mean, you got some good players. Again, it's a good mishmash. You know, you got Jalen Carter, who's going to go at the very early part of the draft, who is a, you know just a well-rounded player. You got Brian Brise of Clemson, who's also going to go early, although he's coming off some of somewhat of a disappointing season. Had the kidney infection, sadly, his little sister died of brain cancer, which put him back. There were you know there were some good one-gap players. Kalijah see in the third round. There were some good. Uh, uh, nose-tackle, uh, zero-technique type guys like Ica of Baylor. So it's a good mishmash, but I think after you get your past your first two, Jalen Carter and Brian Brise, you're looking at more developmental guys. Mazzie Smith of Michigan I like a lot. Canu Benton of uh, Wisconsin I like a lot. But I don't know that those guys are going to be coming and be 16-game starters as rookies in the NFL.
2: Talking here with Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network. Uh, Tony, the, the tight end position you said it's pretty good. Class, we see a lot of them mocked in these first-round mocks that are coming out early. We're hopeful that the Jags and Evan Ingram can get a long-term deal worked out. There is that possibility. He wants to be back. He has expressed. They want him back. Uh, then it's got to make sense financially. So let, let's say they don't uh, get something worked out with Evan Ingram. Uh, they've only got Luke Farrell under contract at the position going into 2023. Uh, is tight end at 24 you think, uh, a reasonable fit value-wise for who's likely to be available?
3: Yeah, absolutely, and it depends on the type of tight end that they want. I do think that Mike there's a chance Michael Mayer may be there, but Michael Mayer's not an Evan Ingram type of tight end. He's more of your throwback, three-down type of player, terrific blocker, real good pass catcher, but he's not going to split the seam and get down the field the mm-hmm. way Evan Ingram did. Luke Musgrave of Oregon State, could do that he played at the senior bowl he played reasonably well even though he wasn't a hundred percent and what I'm told he's going to blow up the combine so that's a guy to keep an eye on uh, sort of the uh the surprise pick or or, or the uh, the unknown to keep an eye on is Tucker Craft of South Dakota State I mean a guy who plays the tight end position like a big receiver gets down the field creates mismatches catches the ball well and also does a good job blocking but even later on, Sam LaPorta of Iowa, probably going to be gone in the early part of round two, but a very underrated tight end. Dalton Kincaid of Utah, who came in, wasn't even a starting uh, tight end at Utah. After their starters, Brian Queeth came down, Kincaid came in and basically played like everyone had expected him to play the past two years. He has an injury, so he's going to fall in the draft. You, you could get a, you get, get a guy like Dalton Kincaid late in round two, who was really top 40 value. But even, I mean, later on, Bretton Strange at Penn State is a good pass-catching tight end. He's probably going to go in day three. Elijah Higgins is a six foot three, three 332-pound receiver from Stanford, who a lot of teams at the Senior Bowl talk to, moving to, uh, talk to changing his position to a move tight end. Again, more of a developmental type of guy compared to those at the top, but still somebody you draft later on, you put him on the depth, depth chart, and he could be a productive player for you down the road.
0: So, it sounds like, Tony, that it's not exactly the same with waiting on tight end as it would be in your mind. We had the conversation a moment ago about waiting on corner. Like, if you pass on that at 24, you're not going to get that kind of impact, obviously, in the second round. You feel like you may be able to find that, you know, day two, day three of the draft this year?
3: Well, it's different in the sense that I think that the corners, the top six corners, are far superior to the tight ends. And... What's going to happen is, is there's a huge drop-off between the top six or seven corners and, say, the next six, six or seven corners where the tight ends are very good at the top, but you also got some solid tight ends later on. I just think that the cornerback class, especially at the top, you've you got a half a dozen guys that are really outstanding.
2: Now I know in the next two months we're going to be asking you a lot about the corners and the pass rushers and all this stuff. So I want to ask you about a few different uh, positions and guys that maybe will not interest the Jags. Early, I, I was playing a little devil's advocate this week, but you know the idea of getting a true blue chipper at 24, even if it isn't the biggest need. Uh, and you know we're looking at the the Super Bowl rosters and how many true blue chippers do they have, and we feel like Trevor Lawrence can be that guy. Maybe Tyson Campbell can develop into that guy. Tony, everybody, including your site at Pro Football Network, seems to think that B. John Robinson, the running back out of Texas, is one of the best pure players in this draft at any position. It's not a major position of need with Travis Etienne here in Jacksonville, but just give me your thoughts on how good B. John Robinson is compared to recent running backs that have come out.
3: Yeah, he is the seventh-rated player on my draft board. Last year entering the draft, I kept saying about Brees Hall of Iowa State, he's a first-round prospect or he's a first-round talent who doesn't play a first-round position? You've got to multiply that by 100 for BJ Rob, B. John Robinson. I mean, he's powerful. He's got terrific short area quickness. He's not a guy that just puts his head down and, and runs over people. He runs around people. He's got, he's got some excellent agility. His vision, his instincts, he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. 20 years ago, B. John Robinson would have been the first pick of the draft. I, I, I mean, that's how much times have changed. But because people don't value the running back position as much, and, you know, you can get away with two or three running backs uh, in the middle of the rounds, that's why he's, his draft stock is going to be suppressed. But when you look at big boards, at least my big board, Bijan Robinson is the number seven rated prospect.
2: Where do they where compare or how do they compare, if you can recall, how you felt about Travis Etienne when he came out a couple of years ago?
3: Well, I think Etienne was a little bit different, and Etienne was more of a gadget player. Uh, B. John Robinson's a little bit bigger, he's a little bit sturdier. You know, if it's, third and goal from the half yard line, you know, I feel very confident about giving the ball to B. John Robinson, ATN, you may give him the ball, but you may not run him up the gut. You may run him around the edge.
0: Where does Anthony Richardson rank for you among the quarterbacks in this draft class? And is the top 10 conversation legitimate with him in your mind?
3: Uh, No, I think it's blown out of proportion. I mean, Anthony Richardson, I think is going to be overdrafted. If I was making the call, I would not draft Anthony Richardson in the first three rounds because he is so unpolished. He's going to need so much work. You know, there are times when he's at the top of his game and he just wows you. He just blows you away with some magnificent plays and some athleticism. But those are far and few between because he stares down the primary target. He's all over the place with throws. I think the Florida State game, he completed 30% of his passes. You can't do that. He just needs so much work. I think what's going to happen is he could go first round, but if you take him in the first round, you better be committed to sitting Anthony Richardson for at least a year. Because if you put Anthony Richardson in early in his NFL career and you expect him to carry an offense, it's going to lead to ruin. The guy's got great physical skills, but he's more athlete than he is passer. He's more thrower than he is quarterback. He's got to really develop a game. He's got to be put in the right situation with a great quarterback coach, and with a great coaching staff that is willing to sit him. Do I think he's going to go top 10? I think there's no way he goes top 10. Uh, Just like I thought there was no way Malik Willis and and Kenny Pickett were going to go go top 10 last year.
2: Yeah, and of course, Pickett went in the 20s, uh, and uh, Willis went in the third round uh, when it was all said and done. Uh, Now, it's going to depend on what kind of coaching and system they go into, but if you could draft any quarterback and build the system around one guy out of this year's class, who's the best one?
3: Well, you know, I, I want to say Bryce Young, but I, I, I'm very, I'm also partial towards C.J. Stroud. Those are the two guys. I mean, Bryce Young is the most NFL ready. He's the plug and play type guy. He is the most clairvoyant. I mean, you watch him, and you just just see he knows what's going to happen before it happens. But the problem is he's small. He doesn't have a big arm. So you know, you talked about building the system around him. Yeah, you better get some big offensive linemen who know how to pass block to protect. Bryce Young, because you know he took a beating in that Tennessee game on Saturday. He's not going to be able to take that and kept getting himself up and getting back in that huddle. He's not going to be able to do that on Sunday because he takes that sort of beating. He's going to be on the sidelines for a long, long time. I, I like C.J. Stroud, but I think C.J. Stroud is a guy who needs outstanding coaching, which he didn't receive at Ohio State. People will talk about the, the semifinal game against Georgia. People will talk about the Rose Bowl you know, at the end of his redshirt freshman season. Those were sort of the exceptions to the rules because he's a slow starter. I believe when you watch C.J. Stroud, he was overcoached. He's always looking at the sidelines. They're calling the plays in, and the the play clock is running down. I think C.J. Stroud's got phenomenal physical skills. He's a tremendous vertical passer, but he needs a lot of work on his game. Again, I think it's an Anthony Richardson situation that if you could sit C.J. Stroud for a season, for a year— or at least a half a year, let him observe, get a good veteran in there, get him some good coaching, he could be a phenomenal quarterback.
0: Tony, how many wide receivers do you have a first-round grade on this year?
3: Uh, I believe it's – let me pull. it – right now it's three solid first-round grades. Jackson Smith-Njigba of Ohio State, Quentin Johnson of TCU, Jalen Hyde of Tennessee have solid first-round grades. Jordan Addison of USC, Day Flowers of Boston College have first-second-round grades.
2: Okay, uh, so if if any of those first three are there and uh, the Jags wanted to add a weapon, I mean, Calvin Ridley did apply for reinstatement, but nobody knows exactly how he's going to play coming back after not playing in a couple of years. That would seem to be, at least value-wise, a decent target at 24, if not necessarily the best team fit.
3: Yeah, I I mean, if you're looking for a field stretcher, it's Jalen Hyatt, no doubt about it. He's unpolished with his route running. He's got to learn the details of his position, But he's the type of guy that when he steps to the line, defensive backs have to take two or three steps backwards. And he is a phenomenal vertical passer, a phenomenal vertical passer. I think Jackson Smith-Najiba, if he happens to be there at 24, would also be a solid pick. You know, he didn't play last year because he had a third-degree hamstring injury. You go back to the 2021 film, I actually had Smith-Najiba rated higher than C.J. Stroud. That's how great his 2021 film was. But he only did it for one year. I think Jordan Addison. You know, if in a Doug Peterson uh, type of offense, you're looking for a guy who can separate through his routes, you're looking for a polished receiver. Jordan Addison is a guy, as would be Zay Flowers, although you're giving away the downfield speed, the home run hitting threat that uh, Jalen Hyde of Tennessee brings.
2: All right, uh, great stuff. Just scratching the surface. Got to leave them wanting more. Tony Pauline, uh, Pro Football Network. I always want more every time you're on. Uh, One of the biggest Led Zeppelin fans I know uh, from Pro Football Network. Uh, Check out all of Tony Pauline's great work on Twitter, at his name, Tony Pauline, spelled just like it sounds. All the best to you, brother. Thanks for hopping on, and uh, look forward to many more of these before the draft rolls around.
3: Sounds good. Thanks for having me back, folks.
2: You got it, buddy. There he goes, Tony Pauline out the door. Let's come back and uh, discuss... What we heard right there, uh, Tony. And uh, also, uh, I get some interesting things coming in on the text line. This morning, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, if you want to weigh in with your thoughts on anything we're talking about, uh, Jaguar football-related, 641-1010, the way to do it. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Everything you
2: need to know about the
1: Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL.
2: All right, hour two of Jaguars Today is upon us. Uh, Tomorrow, Tom McManus... Joins the program as he does uh, most Fridays, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, Thanks to Tony Pauline from Pro Football Network for stopping by in the first hour. We love having Tony on uh, probably shoot for every other week or so uh, between now and the NFL draft and uh, talk every angle uh, with him possible. Uh, Not a great draft for offensive tackles, Tony, so you can take that into account. But again, you drafted one. Two years ago, that mm-hmm. spent the 45th pick in the draft on uh, this one on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Talking a lot about Jawan Taylor today. The Chad and Sandy Real Estate question today, asking you if they they the Jags cannot work out a long term deal with their starting right tackle has been Mister Durability. By the way, look there are a lot of things in Juwan Taylor's um, plus columns here, but if they can't work out a deal, would you be in favor of them using the franchise tag that would cost 18 and a quarter million dollars, roughly? uh this year eighteen point two four four million dollars. Save that extra six grand, Tony, and uh entice Evan Ingram to come back <laughs> right, with that yeah. as well. Um so, you know, look, he's young, he's durable, he's really improved as a pass blocker, which is more important than run blocking, particularly this team doesn't seem to give a rat's behind about balance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. care, by the way. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No. Kansas City's not making sure Isaiah Pacheco gets 25 carries a game now. No. Right? Uh, You you lean into your strengths and you lean into the way the game is played in the National Football League. So, here's one on the text line, designed by Light Tummy Closures. See how much of this you agree with or not. If you cut Juwan Taylor, first of all, you're not under contract. so You wouldn't be cutting. But if you don't bring him back, you're weak in two spots on your line if you anticipate Walker being your right tackle, Cam on the left. But Cam ain't ready. So, Walker will move over to the left until Cam comes back and then move back to the right when Cam is back in the middle of the season. That could mess with Walker's mechanics in the middle of the year. I just don't think it's a good idea to let Juwan go with a question mark by Cam's name. Here's the thing. Question mark in your mind, we have no idea what the Jags know about Cam Robinson's knee. If they really think Cam Robinson might not come back until the middle of the season, then hell yeah. Juwan Taylor is a much bigger priority. I don't get that sense. No that that's the case at all with, no. with Cam Robinson. though.
0: No, I haven't heard anyone say anything that makes me think that Cam Robinson won't be able to participate even in the offseason if they want him to. Like, I haven't heard anything that has ruled him out of even that. Uh, the When the injury happened, it was, we'll see if he's back for the last part of the season. Maybe the playoffs didn't happen for him, right? I Like, I don't think this is a... Gonna carry into next year type injury for Cam. He Robinson. has a
2: meniscus. We never. Yeah. I don't think they never uh, said anything. Right, the that. severity of the meniscus injury, but yeah. those those injuries typically. And again, I'm a doctor, not pretending to be, but we no, all yeah. follow the sport, right? Like we know certain injury. We know a torn Achilles is pretty damn high on the bad injury list, right? Yes. So, for instance, so you know ACL, MCL, PCL, the uh, the various collateral ligaments that you've got rattling around in your knee. Hopefully they're not rattling. But um whatever those injuries generally seen as more serious, longer rehab, even if it's partial tear with meniscus, it you it seems like, Tony, you can go in, you can repair it. Few months is like that. Like I I'm with you. I if now they may know something we don't. I'm not suggesting they do or don't. Yeah. But that text is presuming an awful lot. So, yeah, if we knew that Cam Robinson wasn't available to the middle of the season, and keep in mind, now you got Cam, you only signed him to a three-year deal, mm-hmm. right? So then you're looking at, okay, there's a half of his second year gone. Is he going to be the same player when he returns? And, you know, maybe we have one full year of full-strength Cam Robinson left, and that may be the case anyway, mm-hmm. but I, I, it would be a different story. If they feel like they – have a timeline where he's going to be ready by OTAs or mini camps or heck even the beginning of training camp um i don't think that's going to be a major factor in the decision making process.
0: no i don't i don't either um i I'm with you I don't think that's going to be a major factor now I was looking up just out of curiosity a moment ago on spot track the Amount of money the Jaguars have allocated to the offensive line compared to the league. Okay. Right at this point. And going well, into- Let me
2: guess. Let me guess. Cam's on a pretty big deal, uh-huh. right? Sheriff's on a pretty big deal. Yeah. But you've got a rookie contract at center, rookie contract at right tackle at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Shatley ain't exactly breaking the bank. I- I'm going to say they're like middle of the pack.
0: Uh, they are projected in 2023, and this is without whatever they're going to do with Juwan Taylor. They have the fifth most money allocated to the offensive line in the league.
2: Wow, that's on two guys, basically. Basically,
0: yeah. They are at $55.3 million. If you added the franchise tag for Jawan Taylor, that would bump them up to 73.5 for 2023, which we don't know what other teams are going to do with their line, so it's not exactly fair to say they would be here. Things are in flux, but. right? If they jumped up to seventy three and a half next year, that would make them the most money invested in the NFL into their offensive line for twenty twenty three. The New Orleans Saints right now are at seventy million, and again, I don't know yeah, what they're going to wind that up doing. Out for them. Right, Houston at sixty five point four, Detroit how that sixty one point six, mm. Philadelphia they, they 59. whipped us. I couldn't go with the whole right. how that
2: work out for them thing.
0: Philadelphia fifty nine, and the Jags at fifty five point three.
2: Right. It worked out for Philly. Yeah. Uh, it did work out for Philly. Yeah. Right there. It's and the, Philly I br- should have the most invested right. in their offensive line. They have the best offensive line. I bring that up to say
0: it's not like the Jags aren't already invested heavily in the offensive line. This right. isn't they need to invest in the offensive line. They're invested in the offensive line. It's how many more resources are you going to put into the offensive line when you have – I think there's the reasonable discussion that we're having today when you have a really cheap option for the next two years right, who,
2: in Walker Little. Who may be I, – I I'm, I'm making a number up here. Maybe he's 85% of Jawan Taylor to start mm-hmm. at right tackle, right? But he costs one-tenth. That's, we just looked at yeah. it. It's basically what it'll cost you, one-tenth the cost. Yeah. Can he give you – You know, I mean, I certainly think he's 50% as good. Now, 50% is good is not good enough. Right, and and I don't think that's the case with Walker Little. I don't think sure. that all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence would be, you know, under siege over there. But yeah. in part because Trevor Lawrence gets rid of the football regardless.
0: Yep, forty two million of that fifty five in cap dollars is Cam Robinson and Brandon Sheriff.
2: Right, that's where your money is tied up. Yeah. That's why I brought up earlier a few weeks ago. I don't know what the time frame was, but would you consider if you could? move off of Cam Robinson for anything. Get any anything back. Seventh round pick. Someone would would you rather let me ask you, would you rather have Juwan Taylor on this team under a new contract or Cam Robinson on this team under his existing contract?
0: Taylor under a new I would too. Yeah. He's younger. And Walker Little is my left tackle.
2: He's durable. Walker Little plays left tackle where he's yeah. shown he can play that. Shown he can play that. Isn't it funny where like Guy can play left tackle. Can he play right tackle? (laughs) You know, right? Like, left tackle is supposed to be the the vastly superior, more difficult position. I get it. Different things required at times. And and I understand some guys are better suited to play one versus the other. But I would rather have Jawan Taylor and move Walker a little over. And then you're basically transferring Cam's money to a player who's never been hurt, to a player who always shows up, to a player who is ascending based on – you know, played his best football last year. Now there's always the did his best in a contract year. That's always a somewhat of a concern. Uh, but yeah, I'd rather go that route. Now the thing is, can you find somebody to take Cam's contract off your hands? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. When you look at the free agents that are out there at the tackle position on either side, uh, it's not a stellar group. And probably several of the top guys are likely to be back with their team again. And you just heard Tony Pauline last hour say offensive tackle is not a great position in this draft. So, it's not like there's going to be a lot of plug-and-play starters coming in. Again, everything you hear, Jags love Cam. Cam's a hard worker. They love him in the locker room. He's a tone setter. All these things. I'm not trying to run Cam Robinson out of town. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about the kind of difficult decisions that this week's birthday boy is going to have to make. Uh, Trent Bulky, you know, the had, you got to put together a roster. Yeah, I want Jawan back. I want Ingram back. Uh, I also want to sign six pass rushers and three corners. And we're thirty-two million over the cap. But go make that work. It's it's not as easy. You got to make tough calls uh, from time to time. This may end up being one of them. Your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day: If the Jags can't get a long-term deal worked out with Jawan Taylor, would you be in favor of them using the franchise tag? Yes or no? Knowing that it is going to cost you $18.2 million in fresh cap space, just that alone, without any other moves being made, now you got to find $50 million in cap space before you even think yeah. about signing Evan Ingram, signing your rookie class, signing any level, Arden Key, anybody, any low-level you know, minimum salary free agent, you're going to have to create $50 million in cap space just to get to break even. Not that it can't be done. The more you add on the top end, more difficult the task is in uh, getting straight with that salary cap. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET, 641-1010. If you want to join the conversation, we'll continue on. Jaguars today straight ahead on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
3: Good running back class. Good excellent, excellent cornerback class. Decent tight end class. Not a good offensive tackle class. Um, overall, I'd say I, I, it's just a tick worse than last year.
1: Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today
2: on 1010XL. You know, quite frankly, the Jags and every team should already have all that factored in, right? Like, like when you do your long-term planning, the reason they went out and traded for the rights to Calvin Ridley is because you look and you go, they're saying Jacoby Myers might be the best free agent wide receiver, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. they, not exactly, you know, Jamar Chase. Uh, available out there, not that uh, you know, a guy like Jamar Chase would be. But you get the idea. No, it's right? not
0: last year where Devontae Adams was going to be a free agent. Or at least and, yeah. a tra-
2: a guy you could trade for, whatever. Yeah, yeah there, there were big-time receivers you had to invest in, but whatever. You know, just in terms of going out and signing a guy, no. Uh, you wouldn't be able to really upgrade this wide receiver core all that much, so they plan ahead. Yeah. Right? I remember... Years back, Philadelphia, when you had a pair of really good corners and drafted a pair of corners, what are they doing? And they're just looking ahead. Well, these contracts will roll off, and you see what's coming down the line. You got a chance to get these guys now under your system for a year and all that. So, you know, it's all part of it. You may go out there and look and say, well, the offensive tackle class isn't great this year, but it's fantastic next year. I'm using that as an example. I don't know that it's fantastic next year or not. But that all that, I think, factors in. Uh And I don't think the Jags, even if they – look, part part of the conversation, if you extend Jawan Taylor or don't, if you opt not to, you've got to be pretty confident that Cam Robinson's going to have a full return to health sometime before the season starts and that at least will open the season healthy and you'd have Robinson and Walker Little. Otherwise, then, yeah, I can understand why it becomes a bigger – Priority, if you have questions about that, I don't know what their point of view mm-hmm. on that is. But even if you do let Taylor walk, you know, never mind what Tony Pauline said, it doesn't seem like you're just going to go pluck an offensive tackle at 24, regardless, right? You would think that the in house guys are your likely best options. Now, could they go in free agency and find a cheaper alternative? Eh, maybe. Right? The, the kind of guy that you would find that you would think is cheap at right tackle is probably not a guy who is going to get you all that excited No, about the position. No. Anyway, like Mike McGlinchey, excellent run blocker. He's going to cost a mint. Um, every site's got him listed as the best right tackle available, which is a little bit interesting, honestly. Like, uh, looking at Walter football, okay? Mm-hmm. This is just offensive tackles, rolling them all in together, left and right. Orlando Brown, number one. Okay. And he could play both sides. He's 27 years old. Uh, he's a left tackle primarily. Not going to argue with that. Also, not anywhere on the Jaguars' radar. They don't have the kind of money, I don't think, to go out there and make it happen probably with not. Orlando Brown. Mike yeah. McGlinchey, probably the same thing. Been one of the better right tackles in the NFL for a while. Not elite, but definitely in the second tier at the position. He's number two. Caleb McGarry. Number three, who was in the same draft class. He was a first-round pick in the same draft class as Juwan Taylor, didn't get the fifth-year option picked up, then went out and played and had the best year of his career. They've got him at number three. Not the only place that I've seen that has McGarry rated ahead of Juwan Taylor. Uh, I can't even pronounce the Raiders' tackle. Jermaine el Mm E-L-U-E-M-U-N-O-R. Okay, coming off a breakout season. Was excellent at right tackle for the Raiders. We'll see if this was a fluky season, but he played great. He's at number four. Isaiah Wynn. This, again, this is one outlet's ranking. Okay. Isaiah Wynn is a talented blocker, has major trouble staying healthy. See, that's not an issue with Juwan Taylor. Mm-hmm. 27 years old, ranked number five. Andre Diller to the Eagles. Former first-round pick, but basically blocked by Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson in Philadelphia. Still only 27 years old. Number six, Calvin Beecham. Remember him? I do, yeah. I mean, he's 34 years old, and this is not the first list that I've seen that lists him ahead of Juwan Taylor. By the way, I haven't gotten to Taylor yet. Yep. David Quisenberry of the Bills, elite run blocker, tends to have problems with athletic edge rushers and pass protection. See, again, give me Juwan Taylor over a guy like that. Give me. I I do love the pass block numbers that he Mm -hmm. put up this year. Not arguing that. But, again, we're talking about just total tackles all around. That doesn't mean this list is gospel, but it's interesting. Number nine, Billy Turner of the Denver Broncos. Everybody clamoring to sign Billy Turner this offseason? I uh, Haven't heard that. Turner is a mediocre-to-pedestrian starting offensive tackle. He's ranked ninth? Mm. Still haven't gotten a Taylor yet? Maybe this is a bad list, right? George Fant. The Jets at 10 can be a viable starting tackle when healthy. Can be. I mean, this comes <laughs> in after mediocre to pedestrian. Finally, at 11, Juwan uh-huh. Taylor has made improvements in pass protection, was still a poor run blocker. But he is 25 and he always shows up. You know, he, there is that going for you. And I do think, and as much as, you know, traditionally, the right tackle has been that run blocking position. I would probably take Taylor over a number of guys on that list. Age, you know, when you consider that they're all probably going to get paid something ten million or more, maybe not eighteen. Now, um, age, durability, pass protection, and you know, if the Jags want him back, that means he's a fit culturally with the organization as well. Note, I didn't put that at the top of the list. No, got to be able to play.
0: Now, I think right tackle is a difficult one to wrap your head around the numbers sometimes, right? If you look at the right tackles in the league right now, there are one, two, three, four, five, seven right tackles that are getting nine million or more a year. Seven in the entire league that are yeah. getting nine million a year. And the list of those guys, Ryan Ramchak at the top, nineteen million a year. Lane Johnson, eighteen. Taylor Moton, who signed his deal last offseason, seventeen point eight. Braden Smith, seventeen and a half. Jack Conklin, fifteen. Rob Havenstein is getting eleven and a half, and George Fant got nine point one
2: this year. And that's nine. That's nine. That's half the franchise tag. That's the number, list. and there are only seven guys yeah. in the league. I mean, it's a massive overpay.
0: It's a massive when you look overpay. at it like that. Yeah. He's not
2: Lane Johnson. I mean, Jawan Taylor's a good player. Do I want him back? Yeah, if the Jags want to prioritize him and can find a way to make it happen, sure. Yeah. $18 Whew! All right, uh, let's pause, get back to the discussion, but uh, let's let Tony Smith take you around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beach's Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's
1: Beach.
0: The Miami Dolphins have hired Vic Fangio as their new defensive coordinator. Reports regarding Fangio's hire surfaced in January, but were made official yesterday. He has spent the last two weeks working with Philadelphia as a defensive consultant leading into the Super Bowl. Philadelphia Eagles five-time first-team All-Pro. Eight-time Pro Bowl center Jason Kelsey said yesterday that he will be taking some time before making any decision regarding his playing future versus retirement. Kelsey has spent 12 years with the Eagles, has not missed a game in any of the last eight seasons, playing center for them. And Pittsburgh Steelers assistant head coach John Mitchell announced his retirement yesterday. Mitchell has spent the last 29 years in the Steelers organization He was hired as a defensive line coach with Pittsburgh in 1994, a position he held until 2017. He has spent the last five years as an assistant head coach. He started coaching in 1973 as a defensive end coach with Alabama, where he was the first African-American position coach for the Crimson Tide.
2: All right. uh, Thank you, Tony. Uh, This one on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. And look, we we all play the speculative what-if game. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, half the things we do in the offseason are that. So it's fine. Um, this question, if the Bucks want to rebuild, you know, don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. And by the time you have one that you're ready to fully embrace, uh, what state will your roster be in? So, all right. So if the Bucks want to rebuild, Mike Evans' money is similar to Cam Robinson. I'd trade Cam and the 24th pick for Mike Evans. Your thoughts. Yes. You would? I think I would. The cam and the twenty fourth pick for Mike Evans? I think I would. Oh my gosh. I, I did I just I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? I think I would. <laughs> Mike Evans, you you're so what kind of contract are you gonna give Mike Evans? Because he's in basically the last year of his deal. We'll figure it out. I don't know, man. He's gonna be thirty one next year. I get it. Like I would, would I give the twenty fourth pick for T Higgins and sign him the massive contract? Yes. Mm-hmm. T Higgins is mid twenties, played with Trevor. Mike Evans will be in the Hall of Fame one day. There's no question about it. And I do think, I mean, how stupid would the receiver core be here in Jacksonville? Oh, for sure, yeah. But now you're you're giving up your left tackle. And granted, some of that is they're taking the money off your books. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because then you're you're locked and you have to sign that. Contract with Juwan Taylor, right? Otherwise, what are you doing
0: for sure at right yeah, tackle? You'd have to do that, yeah.
2: Ah, uh, boy, I, I, absolutely not for me. That's a hard. That's a hard no.
0: No, it would be the next season that Mike Evans doesn't give you a thousand yards. Is the first one.
2: I understand that. You know, like I just Christian Kirk gave you a yeah, thousand yards this like you're year. Getting, I, I presume Calvin Ridley will as well.
0: You're getting an unquestioned number one wide receiver right now in the league. I'd do it.
2: Mm, I wouldn't. I, I just. I mean, for how many more years and what kind what is he going to, it's, it's the 24th pick. It's Cam Robinson and it's the massive contract mm-hmm. too much for me, too much for me. Wow. I'm surprised that that was a hard, no hard pass No, I'd on that, it. uh, circumstance, um, Cam Robinson to the, here's one Cam Robinson in the 24th pick for Aaron Donald. <laughs> what would you do? Um, Boy, I'd have to have some kind of commitment from Aaron Donald that we're not going to play the "Am I yeah. going to retire every year" yeah. game, and that he's not just coming for. No, it feels like it's vacation. one or two
0: more years, and it's done with
2: him. Yes, um, the Bucks don't want Cam. We have a left tackle. All right, that's that's fine. I I would not do that deal. Somebody else agreed with it. Somebody else gave it a big no, blanking way. Uh, so look, I again, we're playing hypotheticals here. It's not like yeah. this is on the table. Uh, but uh, I I would man. I'd rather have uh, a wide receiver I could take there on a rookie deal, first-round talent. I'd rather try to trade that pick for an established, younger receiver and give him the contract because all that, you're opening up the hole at left tackle and you're giving away the 24th pick in the draft, which you're giving up the ability to plug another hole. So you're, you're filling one, creating two. Yeah, but
0: I don't, I don't think it's creating a hole. I have Walker Little.
2: Well, you do, okay, but now you've got a hole at right tackle. So now you have to get what you Juwan Taylor. I would, some, Juwan I would Taylor.
0: pay Juwan Taylor, fine. I'm still paying him less than I'm paying Cam
2: right now. Okay, like, but the combination are you, are of you those him, guys. Are you paying him 15 and a half what, a year? What I'm paying. I'm just asking. You just sure. said seven guys are making nine or more. If Cam
0: was out of the door, uh-huh. then I would consider paying Juwan Taylor more for sure. It's the presence of Cam Robinson being here. I won't do that deal for Juwan Taylor, not with Cam here.
2: Understood. Yeah, And, like, I don't have a problem transferring Cam's money to Jawan Taylor, but here you're transferring Cam's money to Mike Evans and Jawan Taylor. They're each going to have that kind of deal, and you're losing the 24th pick in the draft, and Evans is only under contract for one year. Yeah. That's a bad combination to me. All right, we'll come back, and we'll take a look at uh, our official responses and your thoughts on the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day about Jawan Taylor. In other words, what are you doing to prioritize? How much do you want to prioritize bringing him back here to Jacksonville. If they can't get a long-term deal done, should they be applying the franchise tag? We'll discuss when we return in a moment. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a field stretcher, it's Jalen Hyatt, no doubt about it. He's unpolished with his route running. He's got to learn the details of his position. But he's the type of guy that when he steps to the line, defensive backs have to take two or three steps backwards. I think Jackson Smith-Najiba, if he happens to be there at 24, would also be a, a solid pick. You go back to the 2021 film, I actually had smith Najibba rated higher than C.J. Stroud. That's how great his 2021 film was. But he only did it for one year.
1: Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: Granted, none of those players anywhere near... Level of Mike Evans right now because Mike Evans is a proven machine. Blue chipper. Uh, total, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's a blue chipper, right? But for how long and how much money is he going to cost going forward? And uh, under the proposed deal that somebody threw out there, you're losing Cam Robinson. You basically have to re sign Juwan Taylor, uh, and he's going to hold you. Your feet to the fire now because he knows that you need to resign him. you lose okay. the 24th pick in the draft. Somebody said on the text line designed by lifetime enclosures, Mike's a party pooper, not <laughs> wanting the offense to average 49 points a game, LOL. I'm the one who wants B. John Robinson here to run mm-hmm. for 2,200 yards as a rookie, okay? So, I'm all about
0: – Yeah, you're not getting him in the second round.
2: I'm all uh, – no, you're not. I, I'm all about uh, 49 points a game. Mm-hmm. I give that 24th pick for T. Higgins and give him the big fat contract, find yep. a way to make it work. Uh, I, I might give it for Mike Evans, even at the age of 30, knowing he needs a new deal. But I'm not giving my left tackle and the 24th pick. Just not going that route, uh, at least for me. And I again, I get it. We talked about. I mean, you could look at it as almost two separate deals. Like, would you trade Cam Robinson for anything to open up space for Jawan Taylor? Okay, right. yeah, sure. And then would you trade the 24th pick for Mike Evans? I mean, I, I suppose there's a way of looking at it that I might go, it's not completely crazy, but I don't think it's the best use of resources. Let's just put it that way. may
0: not be. So,
2: that's fine. Yeah. So, you you just want to throw throw all the chips in for one year? Or, well, or? I
0: think there's not many opportunities given to go get a player of Mike Heffin's caliber. Like, I just don't think those opportunities come around all that much, and... Look, I like Cam I don't Robinson. I know, man. We've
2: seen a lot of receivers getting traded now, in I recent years. I know, but years. I
0: like Cam Robinson, but I don't think he's a top five left tackle and he's getting paid that way right now.
2: Like, Do you think uh, Juwan Taylor's a top five right tackle? He might get paid, you know, under the franchise tag. He'd be making as much as I any right would. tackle. Yeah,
0: like, and if I had my druthers, no. Like, I, I wouldn't pay either of those guys what they're likely going to get paid here in the next few years. But if I got one of them off the books, okay.
2: All right, let's dig into the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Chad and Sandy real estate guarantees you multiple offers on your home in three days or they'll sell it for free. Visit them online at chadandsandy.com. The question today asking you if the two sides can't reach an agreement on a long-term deal, would you want the Jacksonville Jaguars to use the franchise tag on Jawan Taylor, which would guarantee him a salary of $18.244 million in 2023? E.T.,
1: 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10, 10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this.
2: All right, keep it in mind, we don't know what they know, right? No, like, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, what the Jags own evaluation is of Cam Robinson, his health situation, uh, their evaluation of just where Juwan Taylor falls among the available tackles. Do they feel Walker Little could play the right side? So we've got to do some guessing. And for the purpose of this question, I think you have to presume that Cam Robinson is going to play right from the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, I think more people would be like, well, yeah, if we don't know if Cam's going to play Walker Little. Yeah. We've got an answer here. And maybe I would do that as a stopgap for one year until we could figure things out. But Otherwise, no, I I don't, I'm, I don't see myself paying Jawan Taylor $18 million to come back here and play football. Particularly, you run those numbers out there, Tony. That basically puts him there with Ryan Ramchek and Lane Johnson as the highest-paid right tackle in football. Yeah. And I get it. We, we You know, the Jags have been a franchise that have had to overpay to get people to come here at times, right? Well, at a certain point, you can't continue to do that forever, right? I mean, protecting Trevor Lawrence is important, but as you said earlier, Trevor does a pretty good job protecting himself. He does. And I wonder if any right tackles, pass protection numbers wouldn't improve simply by playing with a guy who gets rid of the ball in two and a half seconds.
0: Yeah, I'm not convinced necessarily that they don't lose anything with Walker Little being the right tackle compared to Juwan I'm not either. But I don't think it's much. And if it came down to we're going to have to use the franchise tag to keep him or let him walk in free agency, that's easy for me. He's walking. And Walker Little will be my right tackle. And I can live with that. I don't know that they feel the same way inside the building about it. Uh, But for me, yeah, uh, the franchise tag would hardly – I would almost laugh at you. Like if I was in the room making the decision about what franchise Jawan Taylor, no. He's not a left tackle. Uh, I'm not paying a right tackle franchise left tackle money. I'm just not doing
2: it. And again, someone said I'd rather franchise Evan Ingram. Well, maybe – Okay, that's part of the equation then, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it because of this. You can also in your head go, hey, you know what? I think we can work out a deal with Evan Ingram. He wants to be here. Sure. So you may not need to franchise tag him. And therefore, if you work out a four-year deal with Evan Ingram, you can structure that contract so it's not crazy expensive on the cap in the first year for yeah. instance, right? So you look at it different ways. All right, let me see how quickly or more difficultly I can open up $50 million in cap space here. For the Jaguars, because we're going to need that, right, to just get to the cap and then accommodate this franchise tag. Et, what are you, what are you voting on uh, today's question of the day? By the way, nope. I got to agree with Tony, man. I'm not paying a, a right tackle, left tackle, Black, franchise left tackle money. money. Yeah, 67 of the uh, nearly 340 votes in so far agree. No, don't use the tag. Uh, a third say yes, use the tag, and generally they're replying with comments like, "Hey." offensive line protecting Trevor's paramount importance. Absolutely. Don't disagree. You got to have a team though, a complete team. Uh it's not just about protecting Trevor. That's a huge part of what the Jags want to do obviously. All right, where was I? Now? I've got like 50 freaking tabs open. <laughs> all right, I got it. Okay. I, I literally probably have 20. Um all right. We are going to release Shaq Griffin, right? Okay. Yeah. I think we agree on that. Uh so according to this now we're down. We're only twenty-two million over the cap. This is spot tracks numbers. Don't swear that it's uh, gonna adhere to this. Any other veterans you want to release right now that you consider, or you just want to start restructuring guys?
0: Uh, well, you can release Caleb on.
2: Uh, okay. And what does that save you? Not much. Okay. But- I mean, re- release Caleb on. I got now. I'm down to nineteen point nine over the cap. Yep. So we need that. We need that twenty plus another eighteen for Jawan. All right. Let me start restructuring contracts okay. now. Base salary restructure. Christian Kirk. All right. We saved close to ten million bucks. Keep in mind, every time you do these restructures, you're pushing some money into future years mm-hmm. against the salary cap. Heck, we're gonna restructure Cam Robinson as well. All right. Now we're only three million dollars over the cap. Brandon Sheriff we're gonna restructure you. Now we've got three million in cap space. Don't worry, fifteen more. And we'll have Jawan Taylor secured. Never mind Evan Ingram or anybody else. Uh, Foyer Lewican, restructure you. Now, oh, now we're up to nine and a half. I've restructured the four biggest contracts, cap hits, and released the fifth in Shaq Griffin so far. And we're halfway there to uh, being in the positive. Uh, Foley Fatikasi, restructure you. Now I got $13.4 million in cap space. Darius Williams, we're going to restructure you. Now I'm at eighteen point four. Now I got him. I got him. So I've restructured Christian Kirk, Cam Robinson, Brandon Sheriff, Foyer and Foley Fat Takasi, Darius Williams contracts, and I've got enough to franchise tag uh Juwan Taylor. Now you you want uh, Evan Ingram back? Now that we don't have the franchise tag, what do you think he's gonna call it? Let's say twelve million on average, right? Something like that. All yeah. right, so let me let me restructure uh who's next eligible. Zay Jones is the next contract that's eligible for a restructuring. Now I'm up to twenty one. So now I got to gotta to get to what? Uh thirty one million, basically, to accommodate mm-hmm. both. Um, I'm at 21 in cap space now. Raeshon Jenkins restructure. I'm at 24 and a half. Now I've got. Now i got to go all the way down to Logan Cook to restructure. Now I'm at 25. There's just I don't I don't see where the money's coming from. I, I, I there's only one other player, Ross Madison. I mean, what we're still in the 25 million dollar range, and we got to sign our draft class. We'd like to have some other guys back. If you Taylor's back, can't be on that franchise tag. Can't see it, right? Just can't see it. Um, Doesn't make any sense uh, if it it goes that route. So, look, if they do prioritize him, you know, maybe they can get something done. But it's going to have to get done, I think, before free agency opens up. And if you're a guy that is that close, I don't know, man. Could they use the transition tag on him? Save a couple million bucks? And then let the market set his cost. Yeah. right. If with someone to, else
0: negotiate the contract and decide what you want to do with it from there.
2: Which oftentimes, when the transition tag is on, it scares other teams away. Because they're afraid, I'm going to negotiate a contract for some other team. They're just going to swoop in and I'm going to have seven days. Like the Alex Mack deal. Remember that? Going back however many years that's been, the mm-hmm. Jags agreed to terms with Alex Mack. And then uh, Cleveland uh, decided to keep him. Yeah. Uh, the Jag- what did the Jags agree to? Like a two-year deal? Something
0: like that, yeah. And they
2: agreed to match it.
0: They did. I. It's, It's funny because, you know, I believe the cap is mostly imaginary, right? Like, there's a number that you have to get under, but it's mostly imaginary, especially if you have an owner that I have – the feeling that I do about shot Khan, where if you go to him and say, we need to convert this to cash so that we can make this work from a cap perspective, I think he's willing to do those kinds of things. Right. But there's still a limited amount of those things you can do. And at some point you're going to likely have to cut a player or two that you don't want to have to cut. Right. Like it. And that's okay. If you're getting a player that you really want, I I'm not, I'm okay with having to make tough decisions on players. I don't want to have to make tough decisions on players because I want to play a pay a right tackle like he's a left tackle. Right. Like I'm just I'm not willing to go that far with it, even if I think Juwan Taylor, which I think it's hard to even make the argument right now that he's he's a top ten right tackle in the National Football League, and you're gonna pay him the franchise number, which is basically saying he's a top five left tackle. I like. I just think. I, th- that's I a think you crazy. can make the
2: the case that as a pass blocker at right tackle, he may be higher than top ten. Maybe. maybe right. Maybe better than yeah. that. And that is, you know, the most important aspect of the value. job these yeah. days. There's no doubt about that. But um, anyway, you can continue if you haven't voted already. That poll is out there at MD underscore ten ten XL on Twitter. Uh, as we get ready to turn the page to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping the rubber on the road
1: with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally-owned automotive repair shop. All right, Mia O'Brien is here. Hello, Mia.
4: Hello. How are we doing, gentlemen?
2: Uh, excellent. Today uh, was, for us, mostly Juwan Taylor and some draft talk with Tony Pauline. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's your priority, Evan Ingram or Jawan Taylor?
4: Um, I think Evan Ingram is going to be an easier conversation, so that's why I'm placing a heavier heavier emphasis on Jawan Taylor. Um, I think that, personally speaking, I think they'll be able to get a deal done with Ingram, but they are going to have to tag Juwan Taylor, and I think would, that would Trent has a priority. Yeah, I would, um, because I've spoken with enough people in the building that as confident as they are in Cam Robinson and Ben Bart returning fully healthy – uh, your entire left side of your offensive line is coming back from injury, and the fact of the matter is, in a 15-year span, you probably get two seasons where your offensive line suffers relatively no injuries, and so having that depth and having that familiarity with Trevor Lawrence is critical.
2: Why don't do you need familiarity with your right tackle? Like, if we're going to spend 18 million on Jawan Taylor, why don't we just go get Orlando Brown?
4: Well, the beautiful thing is, is that if you have Jawan Taylor then that allows Walker Little to kind of play multiple positions if need be. Um, whether, you know, they were working him out at left guard for a little bit when Ben Barch first went down. And so I think it's, you know, in the words of Doug Marone, availability is the best ability. And so I think guys that have worked in Phil Rauscher's scheme before and that quite simply are healthy, uh, that's that's the key for them right now.
2: So if they – let's just put it this way. As of this moment, if they franchise tag Jawan Taylor, they are $50 million over the cap. Yep. That's before they sign. No. I mean, we just ran through, we restructured every contract that's available to be restructured, and you can almost get enough money to get, even on the cap, just franchise tagging Jawan Taylor. Forgetting adding anybody else, forgetting signing your rookie class. Like Tony said, I'm not paying a, a right tackle. The that other tackle thing money. you have to
4: remember, too, because I agree, I think financially it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I can just tell you what I'm hearing in the building.
2: Um, right, but that's a different story. Right. What, what, what they what want to do and do, what they can do. What would is, you do? I...
4: I I personally think he performed well because of the system around him, but there's also enough inclination that did he perform well because it was a contract year.
2: And so... Both of those things are negatives. Right? If it's right. a system around him, that means anybody that comes in, if the quarterback's getting rid of the ball fast enough, is going to have good pass protection numbers. That's also true. So, is that a – are you – like, I would not do it. I just couldn't give them 18000000 million. I'm not saying what they're going to do. I have no idea what they're going to do.
4: I think you buried me in the argument. I think you win there. So. Well,
2: I don't know. I'm not trying to, like, bury <laughs> I think bury you win you. the I argument. Just, we're just arguing, and we're yeah. just having a discussion yeah, about no, it. Yeah,
4: no, I think you make a very good point. Um, But, no, I think, um, I think the other thing that we really have to keep an eye on when it comes to free agency and comes to restructuring and contracts not only is the paying the piper down the road of having to pay not only Trevor Lawrence, but that 2021 draft class. I think it's also the fact that the NFL is going to see such a rise in the salary cap in 2024, approximately $50 million more million because of the new TV deal. And so I think you're going to see a lot more people signing one-year deals this upcoming season, just by the nature of knowing if you do a it deal this year, you could be in for a huge payday the following year when teams will have, quite frankly, more money to spend.
2: Yeah, and maybe so. And that $50 million will basically be that's your quarterback, right? I mean, that's what it's going to be, which is fine, right? right? And we'll just transfer. All right, just look at the cap growth as we can now afford to give Trevor Lawrence a a competitive market value uh, deal. Honestly, I I think it's very freeing. Once you decide, like, once you decide this is possible under these circumstances that I would do this, like, if you think it's possible that they'll spend $18.2 million on Jawan Taylor, now I'm going to go, well, wait a minute, what other tackle can I get for 18 million bucks? Honestly, like Orlando Brown, I can throw him on the right side for a year, and when we let Cam Robinson go with a year left on his deal, he can swing right over to the left side and be an elite player. And is Orlando
4: he's... Brown worth $18 million, though? Uh,
2: if if Jawan is, is yeah. Orlando Brown's a yeah. multiple-time pro bowler. I think bowler. that's the
4: issue. I even was looking at the guys that like the highest-paid right tackles in the league, and uh, I mean, a couple yeah, but, of them, I'm like, but, who?
2: But Brown who? is really a left tackle. Right. That played right tackle out of
4: necessity. positional
2: Necessity which means he can do anything you want. You can throw him at either spot. And obviously, that's that's great to have the versatility. I don't know if Jawan could no, play left tackle. I don't think he can, team. and he
4: definitely doesn't want to play guard. I'll tell you that much.
2: Oh, I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, shut your mouth. Here's $18 million. You're All playing right. what I tell you to play. All right, Mia, have a good show. Thank you. Coming up today for the next three hours, XL Prime Time. It's fun. It's fun to debate them, Yeah, you know, no matter what. Uh, if they paid eighteen million for another guard, I, my head might explode. Oh, bro, I mean, like you said, they've already got so much yeah. committed to the offensive line, top five, and those numbers that you read about the teams that have the most committed to the offensive line—I think four out of the top five didn't make the postseason. Yeah. Or no, I, I guess the Jags would be in the top five coming up. The other yeah. three mean, of Phil the other, Nelf, yeah. Yeah. Three, right? Three of the other four did not make the postseason yeah. uh, this year. So it's no guarantee of success. You still got to spend the money on the right players, no doubt, ultimately. All right, that was a fun one. Thanks to Tony Pauline for stopping by today. For Tony Smith and ET, I'm Mike Dempsey. More Jaguars today with Tom McManus. Joining us tomorrow right here on 1010XL
4: and 92.5 FM. Start taking care of y'all mantles, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken.